Welcome to Stacy on the Right here on Family Vision Media. Go to familyvisionmedia.org. We're so glad to have you with us today as we welcome Rick Santorum, former U.S. Senator and presidential candidate to the program. Find out more at his organization, patriotvoices.com. You can also click the link in the show notes that'll take you directly there. Uh, Rick Santorum, it's such a pleasure to have you, sir. Well, thank you, Stacy. Thanks for all the great work you do out there for the conservative cause. We appreciate it. Well, I'm glad that uh, we could connect today to talk about something that uh, I, I've even had callers into my no- night show on Sirius XM. They're like, oh, you know, the pro-life fight is over. People are going to start to give up on it. Huh. And nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, the media would have you believe that somehow everything was decided by the court and that abortion is banned. And and uh, and so get out there and vote and you know throw the Republicans out for banning abortion. Uh, oh, if that were to be true, uh, abortion, uh, as I think people are increasingly finding out, has not been banned. Uh, the states that had bans in place, many of them are not being enforced or have been overturned by courts. Uh, you have a whole battle as to whether states, uh, you have states like Kansas, and uh, I know there's there's uh, debates in my home state of Pennsylvania, uh, not debates, but lawsuits that uh, courts will determine uh, whether there's a right to abortion in the state constitution. So you'll have those fights. And then, of course, you'll have every state legislature will have to deal with this issue as to what the laws of abortion should be in every single state. So quite the opposite of what is true. What what we were doing for the last 50 years is protesting, because that's pretty much all we could do. We could protest. We could go out and try to meet the needs of women in, in, um, who are having uh, unexpected pregnancies or in many cases unwanted pregnancies and, and try to meet them and help them through a, the Pregnancy Care Center Network. We would pray at abortion clinics. We could protest at the March for Life. But the decision was out of our hands. We had no direct impact other than to pray that somehow or another the courts would allow, the Supreme Court would allow the public to have its collective will be expressed in legislation at the state level. And that's what happened with the Dobbs case. It was nothing more than saying, okay, ladies and gentlemen of America, it's now your turn to decide this issue. We're not, no longer are five or six people on the Supreme Court going to decide this issue, but everybody in America gets to participate in, in, a, in a democratic process throughout the, the country. And so Unlike the past, we really had nothing to do other than hope and pray and protest. Now we actually can get engaged in the political scene and actually save babies throughout this country. So that is exciting. I think it's all about the attitude that we have about this. We have absolutely so much more work to do. And the focus now turns to pregnancy resource centers, which have for the past 49 years stood against Planned Parenthood, the abortion giant in America. But now the fight is direct. It's online because the chemical abortion is now 52% of all abortions are done by chemical means. So that's the primary focus of Planned Parenthood. They're no longer prioritizing clinics. They're prioritizing getting the abortion pill. And we're talking about Plan B and Plan C into the medicine cabinets of women. So they see that as an alternative form of birth control, but nothing could be further from the truth. And so as we're having this discussion, we have to keep in mind that the battlefield has shifted because of Dobbs Day. And in response to that, we have to shift our tactics as well. Absolutely. And you're right. It's, it's uh, 
in the state legislatures, uh, getting them to uh, to limit or depending on the state. Look, in some states, like my home state of Pennsylvania, uh, the opportunity to get a ban on abortions is is not possible. But there are there there is, in fact, the candidate for governor in Pennsylvania, who's a very strong pro-lifer, hasn't proposed a ban on abortion. He said, look, let's let's do. Uh, you know, a, a, a fetal pain, I think either that or heartbeat. I can't remember which one, but one of those two. Uh, and yet his Democratic opponent wants to keep abortion legal up to the moment of birth that you can kill your child. And we're in a position that in a lot of states where you're seeing a member step forward and, and, and to try to limit abortion, and in some cases, depending on the state where you can get a ban on abortion passed, uh, we we are we are looking at what each state. I think what conservatives are doing across the country are looking at each state and saying, okay, how far can we go and build and still build a consensus that we can pass a bill? And Republicans are being reasonable. They're trying to they're trying to push forward uh, what we what is clearly progress and what was under Roe versus Wade. And the Democrats are saying, no, we want actually something more extreme than Roe versus Wade. We want to we want to allow abortions. Uh, you know, up until the moment of, of, of the baby taking the first breath. So I think it's politically, actually, uh, the Republicans are actually in conservatives, pro-lifers are in a good place, but we need to to, uh, to engage this battle and we need the public to get out and support these candidates and fight for these laws. Yeah, so supporting candidates, fighting for laws and making sure that we we are pairing our belief with action because I think some of what we saw for the 49, 50 year fight for Roe was actually, it was a small, it was kind of like a replication of the the tiny minority um, that brought us out of the grip of England back when we became a nation for ourselves. All of the colonists weren't fighting. It was 3% of the people who got that done. In the pro-life movement, I'd say maybe 20% of the church, 20% of, of uh, you know, Christians actually activated to fight for that and, and stood alongside a tiny sliver of people who were atheists or were of another faith tradition who came alongside the Christians to fight for life because they had other reasons that they believed in it. Maybe not because of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, but whatever the reason was, we linked arms with them and we got it done. So I, I feel like there's a requirement at this stage in our history in this country that we as Christians stop separating our politics and saying, well, politically, I can be a Democrat and I can support abortion, but on Wednesdays and Sundays, I'm in church and the Bible that I read says that before I formed you, I knew you. So we have a pro-life God, but Christians who feel like they can kind of aggregate their politics off into a separate silo and, and keep those beliefs while still maintaining their faith. I don't believe that. And, and so I'm not... I'm not rigid in that I don't think people can change, but I do think we need to be more clear about what we believe and why we believe it. I don't believe these things. I don't believe you, Rick Santorum, especially with your considerable experience in the political realm. I don't believe you believe these things because of something some man said. You are taking these beliefs directly from Scripture and saying, this is how I live because I believe that this is what God says about the way that I should live. That clarity, we need more of that, and we need to bring it out to the forefront, I feel. what What is your take on that? Yeah, I, I'm someone who I agree with you, uh, and, and, and but I also take the, the next step, which is God created us, God created this world, and God reveals himself through through not just the, the Bible, but through his creation. And, and that creation is 
you, you should be able, and, and, and I do, and I make arguments to people who are not uh, Bible-believing Christians, that, uh, that the truth can be discerned through reason. And because God is a, is a God of reason, a God of logic, right? The Logos uh, in the Gospel of John, which is the logic, it is, it is the Word. And so you can, you, can, you can, as a Christian, you know, try to go out and convince someone who's not a Christian that to, to be against abortion because God said so. But that's probably not going to be as effective in going out and saying, look, at the moment of conception, this is a this is a human being and has value and worth and dignity and should be so there there are ways for us both to communicate the the truth of uh, of, of the uh, of the reality of abortion as to taking a, an innocent human life and that is never uh, necessary to do in in uh, in our world we can communicate that truth through through scripture and we can communicate it through through God, through his revelation of reason and logic. Absolutely. So the, it's not a one side or another, because we, we're not advocating for the Bible against reason. The Bible is reason. The Bible is truth. So I, I love how you say we go a step further with it because we have the ability to use reason for people who are not people of faith. And we are in an increasingly less Christian America. So the language that you and I speak to each other so comfortably with full understanding may not be as palatable to someone who has never set foot in church, but that does not remove that person from our responsibility to tell them the truth. And and so I, I'm trying to stress that in, in all things, we as Christians are not to hide our viewpoint or our adherence to scripture, but rather to tailor, as you're talking about, tailoring our message. Um, if it's a person who doesn't believe in, in God, it's still the truth. So we can still share the truth with them and we can still get that message across and plant that seed for someone else to water because it usually takes more than one interaction with the truth before a person who is deceived will change their mind. Yeah, well, look, we have an obligation to speak the truth. And Jesus promised us, I know everyone... Uh, is concerned in the world today that you might suffer for speaking the truth, that you might be criticized, you might lose your job or lose a friend or, uh, or be vilified by, uh, by people that you, re- you know and respect. But Jesus promised us that. <laughs> he said, you know, they will hate you and persecute you because of me. And, and, and why? Because if you speak the truth like he did, you'll suffer consequences. Uh, the world, the, there's many, many in the world who don't know uh, know the truth, want to know the truth, or have rejected the truth. And, and it's our obligation as believers to boldly assert that truth and 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 do so uh, do so courageously and boldly, and um, and understand. Yes, there will be consequences, but what a great what a great thing to to suffer for the truth of Jesus Christ. That's well, that's the that's one of the greatest things you can do in life. It is. And the rewards that will be stored up for us in heaven are Amen. incomparable. And and so we have to be um cognizant of that and keep our, our minds and our hearts trained on that because that helps us to get through the difficulty. And and that's the big that's the big um the big struggle. We want to take care of our families and our kids, and we're we're we'll be held responsible for doing that. Um, we want to have some fun, you know. We we, we want to take a trip. We want to um, live our lives, and sometimes being open with our viewpoint can feel as if 
it would hinder those things. But I believe the Christian life is an adventure and it is made much more rich by our trust in God that if we put ourselves out there, he not only will protect us. And, you know, so we get the slings and the arrows, but ultimately we're protected because we know where we're going in the end. We know what our end is. It's truly not an end. It's a beginning, uh, the beginning of eternity for us. So I, I just, I want people to feel the impetus to actually just live their lives out openly in faith and truth for the gospel and and not to let let it be hindered by you know the the threat of cancellation or whatever whatever the thing is that that you know you might be kind of worried about. Yeah, I mean the the Lord said it is easier for the camel to pass through the eye of the needle for the rich man to enter heaven. And look, by any measurement, Americans ninety nine percent of Americans today are richer than anyone that existed during Jesus. <laughs> and so I mean you think about all the creature comforts we have, none of which were available two thousand years ago. And so materially, we are incredibly rich in this country. And and that's and so the Lord is speaking to us uh to 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 understand that these entrapments of of, of the world, these creature comforts, or all the things that we have are 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 things that we sometimes are afraid to give up to stand for him. And and that's one of the tests. I mean, we we need to, need to to uh, uh, separate ourselves from all these worldly goods and and put them on the line and recognize that you know Jesus that that He's called us to, to witness to Him. He's called us to suffer, but He's also promised us that as a just God, that the rewards will be much greater than anything that you've ever suffered. And those are the rewards we want. <laughs> because they're the ones yeah. that those are eternal rewards. Those right. Are the ones, those are the ones that don't last just a few years. They last forever. That's right. So I think um hopefully people are catching the fire that you and I have for this just it's a way of living, first of all. And it's rich, it's adventurous, it's fun, and it can't be compared to living with our our truth hidden you know, kind of held close to the vest, not sharing because of fear of what other people might think or say or do in response. We have to throw those shackles off and be as free as possible. Um, is there a, a website or a place that you would direct people to to find out more about your work and things that you're up to today, sir? Uh, it's the uh, the organization that I'm involved in and, and lead is a group called Patriot Voices, and we can involve a lot of pro-life and pro-family issues. That's, that's, uh, that's our passion. Uh, I'm also involved with a group called Convention of States, which is trying to do something to limit the power of the federal government so we can have more decisions made at the at the family and local level. Uh, so, uh, so I'm I'm active in a lot of different things, trying to make sure that uh, I leave to the next generation a a country that's uh, I I sort of feel as the baby boom generation, I'm the tail end of it, that we've messed up this country pretty badly, and uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sleep well, uh, you know, till till I die, unless I continue to try to do what I can to to repair some of the damage that's been done over the last fifty years. Well, we're right here with you, and I'm so glad that you're still hanging in. We'll put a link to Patriot Voices into the show notes of today's podcast, and I just want to say thank you again. I, I'm I'm so. I'm so glad that we have you in the fight with us and that we can count on your voice. Rick Santorum, former U.S. Senator and presidential candidate and friend of the show. Thank you, sir. God bless you, Stacey. Thank you. All right. God bless you, too. And we will be back with more Stacey on the Right next time. Let's uh, 
Go to familyvisionmedia.org to find out more. God bless.